Hi, everyone. It's good to be in your ears again. This is a bit of a bonus episode and it is uncut. So all that means is this is not edited. Hopefully it still sounds sexy, but we don't have the intro music. We don't have, uh, if I stuff up, you'll know about it. And (laughs) it's not audio tuned, but I wanted to bring you this because I need some therapy. And also sometimes I feel like I talk things out. Yeah, I can sort of see the wood for the trees. And also I thought fundamentally this conversation might help you too. So I guess I wondered, I can't even speak. I'm so nervous about this one. I guess I am wondering, do you ever feel like you're triggered by your kids' friendships? And I didn't actually expect this. So, I mean, obviously our children are our greatest teachers and, uh, I mean, it should be expected that we get triggered by them and the things that happen in their lives. But basically this is the first time that, yeah, this friendship realm has triggered me. So what happened was my four-year-old Noah uh, is, in, I guess, a little bit of a click at school uh, with a few other kids. I think there's three others. And basically they usually play quite nicely together as boys. They sort of get a bit rough and tumble sometimes, but I think generally the dynamic had been quite good. And then more recently, the teacher informed me um, and the other kids' parents that uh, they just noticed that perhaps the other kids were being a little bit more standoffish or aggressive um, towards Noah. And then similarly, Noah was a little bit aggressive back and they just noticed that it wasn't the happy dynamic that they were all used to. So the, the teachers sort of had a word to the boys about, you know, being kind to each other. The teachers had a word to us parents as well about just being mindful and perhaps having a little bit of a chat to our kids about, yeah, being kind to each other at school and making sure that no one feels left out and that no one's getting aggressive. So the school's response was amazing. Uh, so that that was that. And then after that incident and I had a bit of a chat to Noah and, of course, the other kids' mums are my closest friends at school. So I'm like, great. Like I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I guess the good thing is I straight away sent a text to the other mum. And then um, she was like, oh my goodness, the boy is like crazy stuff, but all good. I've spoken to mine. You speak to yours and I'm sure that we'll get past this. And it was fine. Um, And anyway, since that incident, I guess that day where it was all brought up to us as to what was going on, um, they've actually, I, I encouraged Noah to, you know, if he's going to play with people and he doesn't feel um, good or he feels, you know, that the dynamic isn't great to just, you know, go off and play with other people or even play by himself for a little bit and give that give them all a bit of space. Uh, I thought that would happen, but the next day Noah tells me elated that the little pack is back, everyone's being nice to each other and they're all skipping off, you know, across rainbows. And I was like, okay, I hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, I hope that in a few weeks time, we're not back here talking about being kind to each other again. But what was interesting was, yeah, how much it triggered me. And this is so minor. And for those parents who have teenage kids, I cannot even imagine what you're going through when you hear, you know, the the shenanigans of friendships. But I'm like, why the hell did it trigger me? And even when I saw the other mom uh, who I'm really great friends with, you know, 
I felt a bit insecure in that moment after, you know, all of this went down and I was like, what is going on? And anyway, so I thought I'll jump on the pod and I guess sort of try to hash it out in my own head. And um, as I said, hopefully make you feel less alone if you've ever experienced this as well. Um, So basically I think it's because friendships for me have always been absolutely imperative. I mean, my friends are like my family, um, but they haven't always been easy for me. So I guess I was always that kind of boisterous, confident little kid. I mean, mum tells me that in daycare, when I was um, going to be a flower girl for my auntie's wedding, in the lead up to the wedding, I'd play weddings at daycare and get everyone in a row and say, you can be my husband and I'm the bride and you can be the bridesmaid. And I'd put a towel on my head and we'd all play weddings, but I would orchestrate the whole thing. So I went from feeling pretty confident as a young kid um, into, I guess, primary school where my dynamic was good. I had three kind of close girlfriends, but by about, but they all went to um, a different high school. So by about year six, when we were talking about high schools, one of my really close, what well, my best friend, I would say, she was really disgruntled that I wasn't able to go to her high school. She wanted to go to my high school. I w- went from a Catholic school to a private school. So, um, and her parents were like, we can't, take you to the private school, even though she was really insistent on it. So that didn't end up eventuating. So I went off to the school by myself and the other three girls went off to the other school. Um, but we did a, we actually used to do Taekwondo together randomly. So um, we still stayed connected in that way. But all of a sudden I felt as though one day my best friend sort of had turned on me and um, she started ignoring me as girls do for whatever good reason. And and then she started telling the other girls at the school that I'd become a snob because I went to that, that uh, you know, that other private school. And so, you know, I started feeling really insecure. I think that's where it really started for me, insecurities around friendships. In high school, I went to this new school. I didn't know many people. I remember in year seven, I walked up to this girl who I guess you would call would be like the popular girl. Uh, she was beautiful, very good looking. And I said to her confidently, hi, I'm Leonie. And then we were talking and I said, well, you're really pretty. Um, and I didn't think much of it. She said, oh, thank you. And I was like, yeah, cool. And I, I sort of walked away. And then I hear whispers down the track that Leonie must be a lesbian because she called Emma pretty. And so again, insecurity. And it's just so bizarre. And I guess at that time we lived in a time where, you know, you know, being a lesbian or being gay wasn't as uh, you know, these days it's so nothing and it's great, greatly um, you know, everyone accepts it and it's like cool, no one really cares what your sexual orientation is, you do you sort of vibes. But I guess at the time, I guess it was meant to be a criticism or something. So then I started feeling a little insecure, but I found my click. Um and then I remember when we hit U nine, we did this thing called prac dancing. So the there was um we did some dancing with the with the boy school. We were a girl school and so we started um meeting boys, which I loved because I'd always been boy obsessed. And um there was one particular boy that I had a crush on, and I made it my mission to tell kind of everyone in our grade that I was crushing on this guy called Matt. And I I did it because I was excited and about, you know, crushing on him, but I also did it, I think instinctively to be like, guys, I'm actually not 
a lesbian, even though for some reason a lot of you think I am. And not that there's anything at all wrong with that, but hey, I'm not. And hey, I have a crush on this guy. So anyway, the whole year level knew and and that was that. And then I became boy crazy. And then I think from there, I slowly found my click, but I always had this insecurity. You know, I was the girl with the with the curly hair, you know, that looked different to everyone. I'm half Greek, half Nigerian. And all I wanted to be was, you know, blonde and you know, a cheerleader, like they say in the the uh, the US movies, right? I, I never felt comfortable in my own skin. And so be, I became a bit of a people pleaser to ensure that I could sort of be loved, I guess, by certain people. Along the way, I made some fantastic friendships. And one of my strongest is Liv, who you know from our Real Talk segments, who joins us um, as my co-host for those segments and, you know, lifelong friends. And and since then, I guess, as we all do, we build in confidence and we find our people. And then, you know, you try to be less of a people pleaser. I certainly to aspire to be less of a people pleaser. Um, And I think this podcast has actually enabled me to be more real, I guess, with the people in my life too. Um, And you know what it's like when you become a parent, all of a sudden you don't have as much time for a million friendships and, and your, you know, your time is very valuable. So, you know, when you are stepping out of the household or, you know, meeting people, friends, you, you want to make sure it's high value. Um, So I feel as though, I'm certainly at a place now in my life where I've got my, you know, I feel so grateful for the people that I surround myself with and and that's all great. But isn't it interesting how your kids can trigger these insecure feelings? Um, Yeah. And I've just felt really off since that one incident uh, with Noah, which wasn't even an incident. And I keep thinking, how the hell am I going to deal with like proper big incidents in the future? I mean, touch wood you know, nothing too drastic, but, you know, and I, and I guess that's my fear. And I do deal with anxiety a, a lot, as you probably all know. So I talk about it quite openly. So I guess if we're thinking about solutions and if you are sitting there feeling a bit gross about something that happened to your kid or an experience, or you feel triggered, I mean, how do we get back to basics and back to being grounded? Um, one of the biggest things for me is is actually just taking the time to center myself before I just plow on with life. So for me, that looked like, you know, doing a meditation or, you know, listening to an ebook or a podcast or calling a friend. I think just knowing the things that make you feel grounded um, and taking the time to do those so that you can get centered and realize that, hey, this insecurity that's cropping up, this isn't adult. Leone or adult person that this is my inner child. It's the little inner child that's insecure and never felt like she belonged. And so all of a sudden you're just, that child's feeling triggered because, you know, my heart and soul, which are my children are experiencing, you know, some volatility, I guess, in friendships and bang, there goes the inner child who wants to jump in and make me feel crap about that as well. So It's really kind of distancing yourself. And I think about Gabby Bernstein and the workshop I did with her. She's like, you just need to firstly acknowledge it, check yourself. Okay. That's what it is. All right. Where am I feeling that feeling? Oh, it's in my stomach. I feel a bit gross about that. Okay. You know, and now what am I going to do to center myself? So I don't know, this crazy ride of parenthood, you know, it, it teaches us things every day. But I think, um, yeah, taking the the nuggets and the lessons from these little experiences so that, you know, when 
more drastic things happen in life, you kind of know what to fall back on is, is a good place to start. All right, guys. Well, I'll leave it there. Hopefully that helps a few of you. It certainly help, always helps me to get a bit of perspective when I hash things out and don't just keep them buried. So thank you for listening to my little uh, therapy, solo therapy sesh. <laughs> I'll catch you guys all next time. Bye.